0: To the Roma press podcast with John Solano Hello everyone welcome back to another edition of the Roma press podcast. I'm Roma press editor John Solano Before getting too deep into this I first hope that all of you had a very enjoyable relaxing and safe holiday uh, with your family and those close to you. I know it can be a very stressful time, particularly when uh, you throw a Roma match into it. So I hope you were able to enjoy the time and that it was a safe and relaxing holiday for you. But before I go any further, I have to thank the wonderful sponsors of this podcast, Euro Fantasy League. You can find them at EuroFantasyLeague.com. You can find their wonderful, easy-to-play easy-to-use fantasy online football matches, um, a variety of them at, again, Euro Fantasy League. If you want to check out their City A match, com. If you want to look at their Champions League game, fantasy-champions-league.com. They also have a lot of great content on the website from a variety of authors writing about all the various leagues throughout Europe. So, again, Euro Fantasy League. Make sure you check them out if you play online fantasy football. And a massive thank you to them for sponsoring this podcast. Also, have to thank our wonderful patrons at Patreon. Um, have to thank all of you who have decided to support the podcast. Uh, this is not possible without any of you. Um, again, uh, your backing helps the website, helps the podcast function. And by becoming a patron, you can get extra episodes of the podcast. You can get the podcast uh, sent to you before anybody else and listen to it before it's released to the general public. So if you would like to become a patron, help us out. Again, this, this helps in a variety of ways. Um, the, the costs that go into hosting a website, hosting a podcast, a software... Uh, The fees that you have to pay, uh, for me, we we run our website through Bluehost. I mean, the the fees that you have to pay to keep a website up and functioning are just absolutely absurd. And again, I went into all of this (laughs) completely and entirely blind, um, not really knowing all of the costs that go into this sort of stuff um, with hosting the audio, the software you need for a podcast, and so on and so forth. So um, if you would like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash romapress or go to the support page on romapress.us. Now, Roma 3, Sassuolo 1. A lot, a lot, a lot of talking points on this one. First off, I just want to say that despite me, Andy, a lot of the guests that we've had on here recently really having a, a go at Di Francesco. I want to say that I, I saw a couple of people saying this on Twitter and it sort of irked me a bit that they were willing to see Roma lose if it meant uh, Eusebio Di Francesco were sacked, which I just can't get on board with that. Uh, whether or not you like a manager, whether you agree with him, disagree with him, like his tactics, hate his tactics, like his approach, hate his approach. If you despise him as a person, hate his personality. I can just never get on board with the wanting Roma. To lose, I, it's just not something I can get behind. It, it would have to be just something absurdly bad for I, I can't even fathom the situation where I would be in that camp. So I saw a couple of people saying that, and I got to say I was a little disheartened to see that. I, you know, the, despite my my qualms with Di Francesco, I, I certainly don't ever want to see Roma lose. But thankfully, the Gelardosi delivered a uh, belated. Christmas and holiday gift to everyone by a resounding, frankly, victory at the Stadio Olimpico this evening as they beat Sassuolo 3-1. Really, again, several talking points we can get to, just a few things off the top of my head. Um, it's just going to be me today because Andy is traveling um, due to the holiday. He'll be back hopefully next week. But I wanted to get my match ratings in a, in a second, but my my first, my general thoughts on the match. First thing I have to say, uh, Nicolo Zaniolo, Nicolo Zaniolo, what a talent, what a player. It's it's astonishing to me that Inter were just willing to throw him in so easily into the operation for Raja Nangolan, who we will talk about later in this podcast, because I'm sure all of you followed the controversy that happened on Christmas Day, no less. They 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 couldn't have picked a better day for um, for some controversy uh, for the Nerazzurri to hit, but we can talk about that later on in the podcast. However, right now, Zaniolo uh, he scored his first goal against uh, this evening against Sassuolo on a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful run of play. Roma against Sassuolo, they were making it no secret what they were going to do. They were going to pull Sassuolo's defenders out and try and hit them over the top with long balls. We saw it all evening. We saw it with Chic. We saw it with Zaniolo. Perotti also had a couple of opportunities. Under had plenty of chances as well, although he didn't take advantage of his. Um, It was pretty clear the approach that Di Francesco had put forth against uh, his former side. And first off, Zaniolo aside... This was finally the first time in a long time that I felt like Roma finally put forth the right effort, the right attitude, the right mentality. They got everything right this evening. The only thing that really, really annoyed me and frankly pissed me off to an extent was they let their clean sheet slip away in the dying minutes of the match. Uh, Fazio turned off and Babacar was able to hit him for, frankly, a consolation goal, but... You know, again, a resounding victory, but for the Giallorossi, it was a continuation of this worrying, worrying, worrying trend where they just cannot keep clean sheets. The last clean sheet for Roma was on the sixth of October against Empoli, uh, in in Roma's two zero victory against them in Tuscany. So that, for me, is a worrying trend that has to stop immediately. They have to reverse that. They cannot continue not keeping. They cannot continue not keeping clean sheet. Sorry, I got tongue tied there. Um, that's something that has to immediately change. They cannot do this. This team is not talented enough to just turn off even for a second. And we saw what happened when they do. They get hit for a goal. So that was the only the only thing that really annoyed me in the match against Sassuolo for for Roma. But. Back to Zaniolo, this kid just sensational, absolutely sensational. I don't know if anyone, you know, where you're listening to this, but he, uh, Zaniolo, appeared on Roma TV directly after the match. Um, he he asked him a question, but in his question, he said, "You know, you you display loads of personality on the pitch," and I couldn't have said that any better myself, Zaniolo. For someone so young, someone just so raw still, uh, someone who is in his first uh, season as a full-time senior player, the amount of personality that he displays on the pitch is absolutely sensational. And even his mentality is so far beyond his years, it's, it's almost astonishing that this, this 19-year-old is still learning the ways of top-flight football. And I think also that the experience he's gaining by playing in these matches week after week. I mean, the the kid made his debut against uh, Madrid at the Bernabeu. I don't think it gets any more high pressure than that. So I can't say enough about him. I'm absolutely thrilled that Munchie was able to get him in that operation with Nangolan. Now, for all the faults that Munchie had, for this past summer with the, with the transfer market. I, I've been on record, and I've said it in this podcast, I don't think that the transfer market of last summer is the reason why Roma are in the position that they're at. I think it has a lot more to do with the players, their attitude, their mentality, and I also think it has a lot to do with uh, Eusebio De Francesco. But you can certainly find faults with what Monchi did this past summer. I'm not going to sit here and kiss his ass about it and say it was a perfect summer. Me personally, I just don't think that this past summer is the reason why Roma are in the position that they're in. But nonetheless, I can understand why some people take issue with some of the things uh, the Spanish director did this past summer. I absolutely, uh, you know, I see the validity in that argument. However, for all of the abuse that Monchi took this past summer... For instance, he took massive abuse for Robin Olsen. He took massive abuse for selling Nangolan. He took massive abuse for for selling Strohman. He took abuse for purchasing Pastore, which, to this point, looks like a very bad move. Absolutely, I I will not lie about that. But my gosh, um, with hindsight being 2020, getting Zaniolo, a 19-year-old attacking midfielder with loads of personality. A sensational, sensational mentality. He's likable physically. I, I, Here's one area of his game I think people really do overlook. Physically, I think people don't understand what of a interesting specimen he is. I mean, he's um, 1.9 meters tall. So for those of you not, not on the metric system, uh, he's uh, just under 6 feet 4 inches tall. He's about 6 feet 3 inches tall. I mean, just physically, that's sensational for a midfielder to to possess that sort of personality, that sort of flair, that dribbling ability, the passing ability that he has while still being that tall is just so unheard of and so unique. And I cannot say enough how much it appears that Roma have really found an absolute gem. There is no reason why Monchi Roma cannot build the majority of their team around him. Now, that might be a bit of an overstatement as of now, but for all that he's shown up to this point, for everything he's shown in these matches, it's difficult for me to sit here and not say that Zaniolo could and should be, frankly, the building block of Roma. Because I think he's a special, special talent. I think the club did sensational business in selling Nangolan and getting him in return on top of cash. I just have to give everyone at the club the plaudits for purchasing this guy because truly, I mean, we've seen, I mean, we're, we're Roma supporters um, with with Mochi as the current sporting director and before him, Sabatini. How many youngsters have we seen talked up come here for, frankly, big money moves given their 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 lack of top flight football, and they come here and they absolutely flop. I mean, if you just look from the time of Palota on, you could go name by name and you'll find several. Destro, Saliucan, Kerkic. um I mean, we could go name by name by name, summer by summer by summer for a youngster who was brought in with a lot of hype and then they ultimately failed to succeed at the club. If you look at Zaniolo, he was viewed as essentially a throw-in for this operation and was treated as such. I mean, Inter were just willing to throw him and Santon into the operation to try and reduce the overall cash amount that Roma were asking. I just have to give everybody, Monchi, uh Masada, Mzeka, everybody at the club credit for this because they all deserve the plaudits for finding this kid. And hats off to the player himself, I mean... Again, we're so used to seeing at this club, youngsters come in, they're hyped, and then they ultimately fail to live up to expectations. But to date, I can't think of someone who has done so well so quickly and had so little experience as much as Zagnolo. So I, I know that was my a very long first thought, but I just had to get that out there. Zagnolo, absolutely fantastic. The business that Monchi did by bringing him in. Absolutely sensational, and I'm just so excited about this player. I, I hope he stays for a long, long time. I know at Roma, that's a tall, 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 tall order to ask not to, you know, I, I've gotten to the point where where I'm writing for a website and I'm doing more freelance stuff outside of Roma Press. I've tried to sort of detach myself a little bit from uh, becoming too too attached to a certain player. But, oh, my God, Zaniolo is making it extremely difficult because he has everything that you would want in a young player. Personality, he's likable, he's got the physical traits, he's got the technical traits. I, I just think we need to give him time to allow him to put it all together, give him time to adapt more to City to the Champions League. There's no reason why he can't be a top-level player because, again, uh, this might sound like hyperbole, and to an extent it probably is, but... I just don't think I remember a player who has shown so much so quickly with so little experience uh, as Zaniolo has. So, again, credit to Roma, credit to Zaniolo. I, I'm so, so happy about this player. So, so happy. So, beyond him, Perotti returns to the starting formation. And lo and behold, he returns. And Alexander Kolorov has arguably his best performance in, in at least over a month, it could be two or three months because he's been dreadful this season. I've said it on here several times. kalarov looks like a guy who's on his last legs trying to collect uh, still somewhat high wages, uh, sort of like a, a last payoff uh, before either retiring or going to a much smaller league. But kalarov looks sensational uh, against Sassuolo, and I do think that Peralti had a lot to do with that. Peralti is great at tracking back. His work rate is sensational. My qualms with Parati has always been his lack of natural goal scoring ability, uh, unless it's a, 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 a penalty shot, the odds of him scoring very, very low, um, but he does bring a sense of professionalism, a sense of calm to that left flank, and I think him being back on the left really allows Kolodov to, to be more at ease, so... Very glad to see him not only score a goal, but again, allow Kolodov uh, a bit more peace of mind on the left. So so certainly that's a big, big boost. The debate that lots of people always have between Pedalti and El Shadawi on the left. It's an interesting one. Again, I could understand why you would like El Shadawi. I would understand why you would like Pedalti. One far technically better than the other. Uh, the other, a much better goal scorer. You at least know... He can put the ball on net and test the goalkeeper, whereas Padalti, the odds of him testing the goalkeeper are very, 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 very slim, although I do think he's a much better dribbler. They each have their flaws. They each have their, their strengths, weaknesses, obviously, like any player. But I do think that Padalti brings a sense of calm and a sense of professionalism on the left. And, frankly, his attitude, someone pointed this out to me on Twitter, he has that gladiator attitude about him. So I was very, very glad to see him back in the fold. I think he's going to be very important, particularly with the match at the weekend against Parma. And as well as Perotti, I think that Inzonzi and Cristante are really, really, really coming on at a time where Roma desperately need everybody to raise their level and come together because they need every point that they can get. I thought that Inzonzi and Cristante, they're creating this nice little cohesion between the two of them. Cristante, his work rate is really, really improving over recent weeks. He's tracking back. He's allowing himself to venture forward at times, and I think it's a big, big plus for Roma to have sort of those in that two, that mediano role. You have two guys who have very different characteristics, one who is a bit more adventurous, is willing to go forward, is willing to cut the final pass through in the final third, whereas you have Inzonzi who's able to recover the ball – his, dual, his aerial ability, um, he's he's very good in his one-on-one duels. I think they're creating a nice little yin and yang there. So I was very glad to see that. And then lastly, Di Francesco. For me, I, I think he got it entirely right against Sassuolo. Correct approach. The, the high pressing was a welcome sight. Something that has been sorely missing in the last few matches. It just looks like uh, Roma were far more... Uh, convinced their effort was far better in their pressing, and I was very, very glad to see that. So, really, as far um, as the manager goes, really no complaints. Same thing with his substitutions. He brought in Jekyll, Pastore, Clivert. For me, the only gripe, so to speak, um, I would have liked to have seen Manolas come off, given him a bit of a break, allow Fazio to slide over to the right, bring on Juan Jesus, Juan Jesus or Marcano, but beyond that, again, I think Di Francesco got it entirely right against his former club. So beyond that, there's really not much more to say. I was very happy to see Patrick Schick get on the score sheet. He was very, very strong in the first half. Had a couple of chances in the second to really put the match away, but he failed to do so. But he at least got one, his second on the season very happy for him. Um, Over the last few days, particularly, you know, a couple of days leading up to the match, we've seen him strongly linked with the January move away. Late uh, today, we saw rumors emerge from Sky Sport, Gianluca Di Marzio. He said that a former Udinese attacker who's currently at Sevilla, Luis Muriel, is a potential target for Roma in January, but that's only... In the occasion that Schick were to leave the club. And everything I've been hearing from his agent. Uh, it does seem like that a move away in January is likely. He hasn't been great this year. I don't think he's been nearly as bad as some have made him out to be. The service that he's gotten. Particularly during this rough period for Roma. Has been absolutely terrible. Under has really struggled to get involved himself. And he really has failed to get Schick into it as well. Klivert, the The overall... Approach from those behind Schick has not been good. So I I don't blame him entirely. But he certainly has struggled in several matches. He's failed to impose himself. And I certainly think a move away would help. Listen, this kid is still very, very young. I am convinced he has loads of potential. I would hate to see Roma send him away permanently. Just to see him blossom elsewhere. Because he wasn't in the right environment. And given the opportunity to grow, which is what he needs. He came here with a big price tag, a lot of pressure on him. He needs to settle. He needs time to grow. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to happen at Roma in January. I do think he's going to be loaned out. Now, whether or not Muriel is a player that you like, I'm not in that camp. I think he's one of the most overrated players, particularly if you've been a close follower of you know, Muriel has been linked to every big club for the last six, seven years, and then he ultimately moved to Sampdoria. He did well there, but, I mean, he he never got that big move that he was always linked to. He was always linked to Milan. He was always linked to Roma, even Napoli at some point. So I would not be in favor of shit going away, in favor of bringing in Luis Muriel. And then lastly, before we end this episode, have to be remiss of me. I said I would earlier, but... Absolutely, have to talk this talk about this madness, this crazy, crazy storyline involving Raja Nangolan. Now, for those of you who missed it, you can find a full transcript of what was said on the website. Um, I believe it was one of the two articles we posted on Christmas Day. But so the 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 short version of this is somebody leaked, and well. Somebody recorded a conversation between themselves and Nangolan, and this was a period of two or three different phone calls. And in these phone calls, Nangolan is caught saying that it's been a mess at Inter. He, you know, he'll he'll cause a fuss to get a move away back to Roma. Perhaps with Totti being his close friend, he could potentially push for his return to Roma. And it really didn't say anything beyond that. Now, I got when I tweeted this out, I don't know why some thought I was the original source for this, but I just retweeted a video on Twitter from someone, and I just said I would take him back 115%. Now, I was being sarcastic, but it didn't really come through that way, so (laughs) that was probably my fault. I am not a big fan of reunions. I am not a big fan of going to an old flame, so to speak. I don't know if it would work with Nangolan here again. He was really really poor last season under De Really struggled to adapt to his role. Now Di Francesco now deploys a 4-2-3-1. Could he play better in that 10 role, which is where we saw him under Spalletti playing in that uh, that playmaking role more advanced? Certainly possible, but would you want to do that to take away time from Zaniolo? Uh for me, I'm not so sure about that. But there's no doubting when golan is on his game, when he's at his top, when he's focused, when he has his fitness in check. He's still a really, really good player. Let's not forget, you know, 18 months ago, you probably would have put him in the top um, 10 to 20 players in, in arguably the world. So I, I don't think that writing him off is the right thing to do, so to speak. However, I, I would not necessarily be in favor of him returning to Roma, especially if it meant, again, taking time away from Zaniolo, who has been sensational. And in that number ten, in that number 10 role, there's a huge logjam. I mean, it's Zaniolo, Pellegrini, Pastore. And the latter two, they really, really struggle to adapt to that uh, Mezzala, role in the 4-3-3 that Di Francesco uses. So, I mean, unless they're playing in that 10 role, they really don't offer much because they certainly can't play the mediano that uh, Cristante and Nzonzi are currently occupying. So, it's it's a bit of a log jam in those roles. So, I, I don't know how Nangolan would fit. And again, I, I wouldn't want him taking time away from Zaniolo. And then there's the more pragmatic, practical part of all this. Nangolan is earning 5 million net wages per season at Inter currently. That would make him the highest earner at Roma by a pretty healthy margin. The next highest would be Edin Dzeko, who's at 4.5 million net euros. So do you really want a 30-something Rajan Angolan being your highest earner? uh, Certainly not, in my opinion. So he would almost indefinitely have to take a massive, massive wage cut in order for him to secure a move back. Now, again, I don't think this is going to happen. Inter spent a lot of money on him. They gave him big wages. I can't imagine that just because of what he said on a, you know, a, a private conversation, which, listen, the person who ever recorded this is a total worm, uh, just absolutely despicable. But nonetheless, I have a hard time imagining that the club will cut him away just because of this. Now, the club may ultimately be forced to do this because the fans will be so upset and outraged. I mean, if... If you could have just seen my mention, <laughs> my Twitter mentions, it was a an absolute b- dumpster fire um, of people sending abuse, and they even sent abuse towards uh, Nangolan's wife, which is just absolutely despicable. It, you know, if you're on Twitter and you're sending abuse towards the wife, the children of a footballer who criticizes you, your club, uh, whoever you're the lowest of the low you're scum um you have no place anywhere in this world Uh, that sounds harsh but i i'm sorry if you're the kind of person who gets on a keyboard and and says just these vile things to somebody's wife children because of something that a footballer said uh, no not not happening here so you can you can go away but the fact that Nangolan's wife had to post on Instagram that people need to stop sending her threats to her children. And this is all happening on Christmas, a day where you're supposed to be celebrating with family. And here is the poor wife of Raja Nangolan, who I'm assuming has to deal with authorities and please because she fears for her life and the lives of her children. Again, if that's the kind of person you are, just, oh. Uh, unbelievable it it astonishes me that people like that have to share the same oxygen that us normal people have to share just just a terrible thing to anyone anyone who does that you you're you're vermin absolute vermin but anyway don't think that Nangolan is coming back don't think it would be smart for him to come back but who knows Uh, we've seen crazy 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 things happen in football and it would not surprise me in the least bit if we ultimately saw a reunion between Nangolan and and Roma, because let's be frank, he has never hid his affection for the city. He's never hid his affection for the club, for the fans, and he was certainly forced out this summer. We, you know, there's no light way to put it, but that was also a lot of his doing, a lot of unprofessional behavior. He's never hid his love for the nightlife, for smoking, some other, you know, unprofessional things. That uh, let me rewind. A lot of things that some may view as unprofessional, especially if you're in the world of football. But again, I, I don't see this happening. But would I be shocked? Absolutely not. So uh, we will wrap that up here. Um, again, I hope you all had a very, very good, very enjoyable, very, very safe, very relaxing holiday, uh, especially knowing that Roma were playing the day after Christmas. i That in and of itself could induce stress. So, again, I I hope you were able to enjoy some time with your friends, with your family, and those close to you. Um, So, thank you so much for listening. And Roma play Parma in just a few days. So, we will have another episode um, ahead of that. So, until next time, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Take care. Ciao.